ACASTCAST. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Scouts over relied on heavily when evaluating talent. Teams should be drafting for the future and not just immediate needs. It all starts with the quarterback position. Thank you for listening to the East-West Football Podcast with Jerry Martinez, Kendall Whitley, and now here is your host, Fidel Barraza. Thank you for listening to the East-West Football Podcast. I am your host, Fidel Barraza. Alongside with me are my co-hosts, Kendall Whitley. And Jerry Martinez, how you guys doing? Doing great, man. We got two good guests coming on today. I can't wait. Yeah, I mean, another doubleheader. I mean, super, super stoked. Let's go. Yes, today on the show from San Francisco Bay Area is 95.7 the game. Bonte Hill will join us to talk some Niners football. Also, NFL agent and president of Pick 6 Sports Management, Karee Wright, will join us on the show. But let's go ahead and start it off with this week in football. The biggest story this week was Patrick Mahomes signing a 10-year contract extension that along with contract incentives is worth a total of $503 million. The contract includes just over $63 million in guaranteed money at the point of signing and $141 million is guaranteed in event of an injury. What are you guys' thoughts? Oh, man, this a 10-year deal for a quarterback. It's crazy, man. We don't see a 10-year deal in sports like this, now, let alone football. We've seen it with John Gruden a couple years back, got a 10-year deal from the Raiders. So now, I mean, they get, they get Patrick Mahomes a 10-year deal. So he's going to be in Kansas City for the next 10 to 12 years. I mean, I, I, he definitely deserves it. He's a Super Bowl MVP, Super Bowl champion, league MVP. I mean, you name it, he got it. I mean, I feel bad for the AFC West Division because now they got to deal with him for the long foreseeable future. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you on that one. I mean, overall, just exactly what you'd want in a quarterback. Super creative, can make every throw. I mean, he won he won them a Super Bowl, but also that. But he's very humble. He's just a humble individual overall. He, it hasn't got to his head. So, I think when you look at somebody, he's super deserving of it. So, I mean, there's still some. We still need to we still need to look at some some of the things because that that contract looks like it's three contracts into one. So. uh you know, in essence, we'll we'll break that down in future episodes. Yes, so last time a player signed a ten-year deal, it was actually Michael Vick back in two thousand four with the Atlanta Falcons. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep, that was a long time ago. <laughs> yes. Also, running back for the San Francisco Forty Nine ers, Raheem Mostert has requested a trade. We all know that he was looking for a new contract extension. He wanted to get paid more money, and it seems like now. Him and his agent are requesting a trade from the Bay Area team. What are your guys' thoughts? Well, Nish, you know, when you look at it, the ball's kind of his core. I think he definitely deserves it, and I think I think they might give it to him. The ball's in his core in this way because they traded they traded Matt Breida to the Miami Dolphins. They don't have him. You got Tevin Coleman, but he's been injury-prone in his career, even going back to the Falcons. They got, we don't even know what Jared McKinnon's going to do with the 49ers. So their depth, they got, they got, they, I think they drafted, they drafted the running back, but they got some depth issues, depth issues there at the running back position for the 49ers. So I think 
I mean, I think if he's going to hold, I doubt he holds up, holds out because I just, I just think he needs to put a little more on his resume. I like Moster, but I think he could do a lot more. He can show a lot more. But I think the the ball is definitely in his court. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there in San Francisco with the running back position. Yeah, I, I mean, when you when you looked at the at the reports, it's because he's making a little over two million, and then Tevin Tevin Coleman, who did, doesn't play that much, is making a little over four. So he wanted to be at that number. I I believe that's what the story is. Uh, well, but, yeah. Cool. So, so he's still on his special teams contract, if I if I remember correctly. So, but yeah, mm-hmm. he is looking for that seven Coleman money. Yeah. So that that's what it is. But I mean, when you look at it, I mean, it just it's almost like you would hope to say that that the Forty ers would just do do right by him. I mean, he was a very important part of that team, that especially towards the the back end, the run that they were making into the playoffs. Yeah, you know what? I think the Niners just need to pay him up. I mean, this team is notorious for not wanting to pay players, right? Um, right. Buckner was traded to the Colts just because he wasn't uh, – they didn't want to pay him the money that he wanted. You know, he he was a huge part of their playoff run. I mean, shoot, I think he ran the ball more than what Jimmy Garoppolo threw the whole uh, postseason. <laughs> right, yeah. So, so, yeah, the 49ers, hey, just pay the man. He was a, you know – uh, important ingredient to your guys' recipe for success. And uh, I I think he deserves a new contract. Yeah. I mean, he it's like a perfect – it's a perfect scheme fit for them. So, yeah, I would, I would, I would have to agree. And then also, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders have offered Jadavion Clowney a contract. They join the Seahawks, Tennessee Titans, and the Cleveland Browns in the sweepstakes to try to sign Jadavion Clowney. Uh, like I said, man, if 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 Clowney wants to get paid, the Raiders are the place to go. They got tons of cap space available. Even after even after all they did in Frazier and in the draft, they can give him, they can pay him, a, they can give him a lot of money for one year. But I think ultimately, if you want to win, get to the Super Bowl, get deep in the playoffs, I mean, obviously you go back to Seattle, it's a no brainer. I mean, we've heard the Browns interested, we've heard the, t- the Titans interested. My gut feeling is he goes back to Seattle. But if if Gruden and the Raiders and Mayotte, they throw him throw a, lo- a boatload of money out there. I think Jadavion Clowney, he's going to take it. I think he's going to take it. So, I think it's going to come down to the Raiders and the Seahawks. Yeah. Uh, the good thing about for Jadavion Clowney is he has options now. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the thing, right? And he, he, he can really weigh those options and see exactly where he can he can maybe perhaps improve his his game, get it get it to the point where it's 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 he's hitting on all levels, right? Sacks, uh, you know, sacks and 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 his as QB hurries and and tackles for losses so when he's able to well-round it now he can go back with leverage and say hey I want at least a four-year deal plus you know and and get his money you know another team that might jump in and this uh you know trying to sign JV on Clowney that no one is talking about yet they just cleared a bunch of cap money yesterday paying you know to uh Aaron Hernandez and Antonio Brown is the New England Patriots? They just cleared up oh, a lot of money. Man. That that would be that would be great for the Patriots, man. I know <laughs> I know a couple people in the up in New England. They would love that. Imagine Bill Belichick getting his hands on Jadavion Clowney and that system. I'm telling you, man, the sky would definitely be the limit. And, and you want you want Belichick can get the he can get the best out of any play. And they've, they've been known to take flyers on players that that team maybe they gave up on or they might they might think they're not worth it anymore anymore. I think, oh man, if he, if he ends up there, just just watch out for him, man. 
Yeah, it's just going to be a, it's a interesting, you know, little nugget, right, to throw in there. I mean, they just cleared yesterday. We all know they can use the help. Uh, so that's just one team we have to keep an eye on still. Unfortunately, um, <laughs> they might try to sign him. <laughs> and then also just in, um, just a little side note, Chiefs re-signed quarterback Matt Moore to a one-year deal. Uh, he did play really well when Patrick Mahomes went out with the injury for a couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, he, how long has he been in the NFL? He he, he he's a he's a vet. He understands pretty much all systems, and uh, I I would have to agree with you. Those it was what it was what a kneecap, yeah. right? He does dis- was, was dislocated knee- kneecap. I think that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, the thing was crazy because what? Yeah, he popped. He popped it. Yeah, back the, yeah, I think right? so. It was on a Thursday night football game. It was against the Denver Broncos <laughs> in Denver. <laughs> yeah, he popped. He popped. He popped it back himself. Uh, back in. Back inside himself, and that thing looked it looked crazy, and and he's still Drake Blaine, but no, they turned it over to Matt Moore, and and he he was able to ser- he served pretty good for them, like we, like you said. So I think overall, I mean, shoot, that's what twenty of twenty two of the starters that they had for the Super Bowl. So watch out this year, could be it could be another repeat back to back champs against. I hope not. I really hope not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but that's gonna go ahead and wrap up this week in football. Our guest today is from the San Francisco Bay Area radio station, 95.7 The Game, co-host on the Bonte, Stein, and Guru Show, which you can listen to on Radio.com app from 10 to 2. Bonte Hill, how you doing, Bonte? How you guys doing, man? Good to be on here. Yes, yes. Doing good, man. Bonte, thank you so much for joining us. So let's get let's get started. Let's start off with the San Francisco 49ers. I just want to get your thoughts on their offseason and what they did in the draft. Yeah, it's uh, been kind of a weird offseason, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I do like the draft, you know, selecting Brandon Ayuk, of course, and Javon Kinlaw, Javon Kinlaw out of South Carolina to replace DeForest Buckner. You know, a, a guy I did not see being traded this season. I thought they were running back with Buckner. The captains on the defensive line, you talk to people inside the organization, outside the organization. They love what the man did uh, on and off the football field. So I was really shocked when they traded him to the Colts. And I get it. You get a first-round pick. You didn't want to pay him that money. You chose to pay Eric Armstead at a trooper price tag, a guy who hasn't been as consistent as DeForest Buckner. So right away, the offseason starts with the bang, right? You, you, you trade Defoe. Yep. All right, then what do you do after Defoe? Uh, Emmanuel Sanders leaves. He goes to New Orleans. Um, I kind of saw them not re-signing Emmanuel Sanders. Just I felt like that was the direction they were going to go in. But obviously, it's a shock to see him go down to the Saints, a team that, you know, if the Niners want to advance to the Super Bowl again, they're probably going to have to go through New Orleans again. So we're going to have to not only see Sanders, we're going to see Michael Thomas. So the way the offseason start was definitely weird. They had a good draft, in my opinion. I love the tight end out of Georgia, Warner. Um, Brandon Ayuk is impressive. But he's a rookie. We see how rookie receivers adjust to the NFL. A lot of them struggle. You look at the last five years or, you know, that one draft where you had Sammy Watkins and Mike Evans and you had all those playmakers. You had like five receivers who were just banned out. Well, since then, you've really had three receivers um, that's really blossomed out of the first round. So there's a concern there. There's also the concern with Debo Samuel and the Jones fracture. We've seen these injuries linger, uh, especially the wide receivers. Trent Taylor had five surgeries last year. Sammy Watkins, the year he had the Jones fracture, 
he wants us to say for another two years. So um, it's been a weird all season. I do think I do think that they should be consistent enough to get back to the playoffs with the core that they have. But definitely kind of an odd off season, especially with the recent news with Raheem Mostert, with his agent coming out on Twitter saying, we want to trade. We, we want to get paid like Tevin Coleman. Well, you know what, 49ers? It's time to pay some of these guys. And not to mention George Kittle, who said he wasn't holding out. Um, look, you can call me a diva all you want to, but if I'm George Kittle and I'm going back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons and I'm getting all these catches and I'm pl- just pancaking guys in the run game, I'm not coming to training camp unless I have a new deal. Now, maybe he comes to training camp and gets a deal done in the first week of training camp, but think about it. George Kittle's going to make just over $2 million next season. He's possibly the best tight end of football. You can make the argument with Gronk. You can make the argument with Travis Kelsey. Darren Waller has an argument with the Oakland Raiders. Excuse me, the Las Vegas Raiders. Got to get used to that. Yep. But George <laughs> Kittle, like, thinking about him, like, playing with a fractured uh, fractured ankle and a pop cap, uh, pop capsule in his knee and a torn label for the last two years, I just think, man, what, you're not going to hold out? Like, all right, I get it. You want to be a leader and go to camp. But it, it's definitely been – and it been an odd all season for the 49ers. Not a bad all season, not a great all season, a good all season, but an odd one. What, what do you see happening as far as with the, uh, you know, Mostert, you know, the trade request and also the Kittle, you know, you know, he says he's not going to hold out because he wants to show he's a leader of the team. But you, you have to know, I mean, I feel like he's going to want to get paid and get paid a lot. Yeah. So what, what do you I mean, see happening with that? I mean, he's 28 years old, right? And he's trying to get that last contract. I get it. You're a running back. Running backs aren't getting paid anymore. They just aren't. I mean, I know Le'Veon Bell, he had to sit out a season, sit out a season to get the money that he wanted. And he got it from the New York Jets, uh, a team that really doesn't look like it's going anywhere. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott stayed in Mexico and partied his ass off all trading camp in order to get a new deal. So Mostert, I'm not sure how much leverage he has. And the reason why I say that is Kevin Cummins back. He's obviously a Kyle Shanahan favorite from their days back in Atlanta. Uh, you look at Jarek McKinnon, hasn't played it down yet for the structure his deal. I feel like Shanahan still wants to see what McKinnon has left. A guy who can be a threat in the passing game, but I, I, I think he's a bit overhyped personally. Joe Fulson Jr. caught the game winning touchdown against Arizona last year at Levi Stadium. Not a bad piece, but is he a starter? Is he a guy to give you 15 carries a day? And then Jermichael Hasty, the rookie that they signed out of Baylor. I, I, I mean, I would want to sign Bolster because he was your best running back, especially towards the Baltimore game on. I don't get why you would have played hardball where he bolstered. Give him his extra $2 million. I get that he signed a deal last year, three years for $8.7 million, but it was a special teams type of deal. Mostert means a lot to that locker room. He's a player's favorite. I just wouldn't mess around. You, you know, these windows close too quickly. And with the injuries now to this room, think about the injuries last year the running back room suffered. Brita. Tevin Coleman, most of the year before, Jarek McKinnon, who I mentioned, just pay Mostert. Bring your best, what are your best assets on offense back, especially with the uh, with the uncertain status of Debo Samuel the first month of the season. Yeah, I would definitely say pay him up. I mean, he had a huge part in that playoff run the, the Niners had last year. Um, I, I'm not too sure how many passes Jimmy Garoppolo threw, but it wasn't a lot, right? It was, it was mostly running no. the ball. Mm-hmm. No, it was... It was definitely running the ball, especially the Green Bay game. What did Jimmy Garoppolo throw? Eight times? It, it went crazy. Yeah, it was less than uh, 100 they yards. They ran it 12 straight times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they ran it 12 straight times uh, uh, against the Minnesota Vikings in that divisional round game. So, 
you know, and and I don't think it's Jimmy Garoppolo's fault. And I don't, you know, maybe there's some trust issues between Garoppolo and Shanahan, but they're a running football team. When the Niners were humming and got off to that eight, no start, they were running the football down teams throats. Now, obviously you have a young receiving core, uh, especially last year before they got Emmanuel Sanders, Dante Pettis seems like he's in a doghouse. You've got nothing out of him, the former second round pick out of Washington. Debo Samuels hurt, like I mentioned. Richie James Jr. is out for the first two months of the season. And what do you have in Jalen Hurd? Now, I like Jalen Hurd. I really like what I saw in the preseason against the Cowboys last year. But he had a back injury. And if you look at his game logs and his career history, whether it's at Tennessee or Baylor, he's always dealt with injuries. Can you count on him? I don't know. Trent Taylor, can you count on him? I don't know. Guy had five surgeries last year just on his foot. I mean, I don't know if you can count on him. So you got to bring in Mostert because you need to help Jimmy Garoppolo. You need to help these quarterbacks and get all these weapons around him. Why do you think Patrick Mahomes, look, he's a great quarterback, really good quarterback, but he's even better because of the weapons around him. Drew Brees, the weapons around him makes him better. Tom Brady, why did he struggle last year? Because he didn't have all the skill set that he needed around him. Quarterbacks need help. That's why the quarterbacks get too much praise when they win, and they don't, you know, they get too much criticism when they lose. They need players around them. You need the offensive line. You need top-flight wide receivers. You need good running backs. Jimmy Garoppolo needs all that, just like any other quarterback in the NFL. How do you see this uh, team panning out? I know we're, you know, still in July, but if we're going to foreshadow to September, all the way to January or February, how do you see this team stacking up with everyone else? I mean, on paper. You know, they look like they stack up very well with everybody in the NFC. I mean, I think Dallas will be better. I think Philadelphia will be better. Tampa Bay with Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. That's obviously obviously one of the teams that we're all looking at, right? Seattle's going to be a bit better. Um, I mean, God forbid they get Antonio Brown. Boy, they oh, may man. score 35 points a game. <laughs> they may score 35 a game. And then you hear reports about them inquiring about Jamal Adams. Boy, that looks like a Super Bowl team to me. Arizona with DeAndre Hopkins. I love the draft pick out of Clemson. You know, personally, I got to go down to the Fiesta Bowl and see Clemson, Ohio State. Oh, wow. I tell you, Simmons was everywhere. Simmons was everywhere. He's a problem at the safety position. Or if they want to play him at linebacker, he's a guy who's just going to make plays. So they stack up. The 49ers stack up very well. But how many of those 50-50 games can go the other way that they had last season? Think about all the games they were in. The Saints, the Cardinals twice, the L.A. Rams on Saturday night late in the season. They beat the Hawks by an inch in week number 17. Uh, think about the Pittsburgh Steelers game. How many teams do you see turn the ball over five times in a football game and still come out with the victory? Those margin for errors are going to be razor thin for this 49ers team. So they stack up very well talent-wise. I think the D-line is going to be just as vicious. D Ford, if he stays healthy, is going to help out Bosa a lot. But it could go either way. The schedule tells me 10 and 6. When I look at the schedule, I think 10 and 6. But a lot of those games, you know, with the parity in the NFL, is going to be close. So I do think the Niners will be in contention for another playoff spot. But, man, just think about this. I even I, I forgot all about this, fellas. There's only one bye week per conference this year. One bye oh. week. So if you're playing a wild card weekend, think about how treacherous that road to the Super Bowl is going to be. Oh, so man. I think they stack up very well, fellas. But who, who the hell knows if they're going to go back to the Super Bowl, man. The road through the NFC is an absolute gauntlet. Yes, um, Boston. Hey, how you doing? This is Kendall. Um, appreciate What's up, Kendall? Up. Absolutely. Yes, I, I Yes, I want to ask you real quick. At what point in your life, in your career, did you know sports was a thing? You know, I've always kind of been a sports geek, guys. Uh, from the age of five, you know, people at high school knew me as a newspaper guy because I always had a sports page in the back of my pocket. 
was always drawing up plays in, college, in, in class. Uh, you know, I was on that C's get degrees hype and, you know, thought I was going to be a coach or something or the next Vince Lombardi. Uh, <laughs> <life> <laughs> in a different route. So, you know, kind of worked around. And um, when I got the, when I got to the age of 26, I just said, you know what, I'm going to do what I want to do. You know, I'm going to go back to school. I'm trying to make it a career. And every single year, I just kind of got a promotion, whether it was becoming a sports editor at the, on the school paper, uh, being a high school beat writer for a newspaper, uh, covering high school football games, covering the odd jobs from San Francisco Examiner, you know, NASCAR, IndyCar, volleyball, you know, wasn't even covering the mainstream sports, trying to get a bone here, just trying to just trying to get put on. And, and so I kind of always wanted to – I knew that I wanted to be involved in sports. I just didn't know in what capacity. But the funny thing is, is when I did go back to school at the age of 26 and I was a writer, you know, I thought I was going to be a beat writer covering the Golden State Warriors and the 49ers and down at practice, writing three articles a day and trying to make a deadline. Radio was always a hobby. You know, I always listened to sports radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, I listened to it sport late at night because I didn't have cable television growing up. So I needed this sports radio to kind of, you know, listen to the Gary Ratnich rip on people and stuff like that. The old late great Pete Franklin and, you know, I, I listened to sports radio, but it was a hobby. So when I got to college, I just did it as kind of like extra credit. So I had a show. I had this female on, and I had this guy, Mac Daddy Matt, and it, it worked. The professional like this works. So I, I kind of fell into an internship at KBR just for some money. That's all I was looking for was a paycheck. And here we are, man, uh, about eight years later, and co-hosting a midday show. It kind of happened, you know what I'm saying? So that's it, awesome, man. It's just you know, it, it's sports radio is always a hobby, but the more and more I, you know, the more and more reps I got in it, and I was like, you know what, this is what I want to do. I can wear anything I want to wear. I can just hop on a microphone, and it's like talking to your living room, right? It's like us talking right now. Who the hell yep. knows who's listening? You know, so <laughs> um, you know, it just one thing happened, and start working with Marty Larry on the weekends doing Giants baseball. And Marty's like, Hey, pop that mic on. You know, your baseball. I'm like, huh? What are you talking about me? You know, basically the rest is history, man. Coming over to 95, seven game and, you know, doing some things with pop. And then obviously now with Steiny and guru and uh, doing the Niners pre and post game show with uh, Joe Shasky. It's been a blessing, man. It's, it's, it, it's fun. You know, it's 24 hours because sports never sleeps. Right. Fellas. Like you always got to be yeah. on the clock. There's oh. always news dropping, especially here in the Bay area. So, you know, I feel like I don't even have a job. Like I'm getting paid mm-hmm. for something that I feel like I'm stealing checks for. You know, I right. so I don't take it for granted. Um, you know, I respect everybody out there podcasting, trying to come up and do it, and and, mm-hmm. and trying to live out their dreams, man. Because you know, I, I was in that position. You know, I was doing multiple podcasts. I was, you know, trying to do anything I could to get put on. So, and still, I still feel like I'm auditioning. You know, every day I try to get better on the airway. So. Uh, it was kind of a dream. It's kind of a dream come true. But to be honest with you, fellas, man, I wanted to be a beat writer. I wanted to be in the newspaper world and not necessarily <laughs> yeah. the sports radio world, but it just kind of happened, man. And so uh, it's been a hell of a journey. But, uh, you know, I kind of always wanted to be a sports, sports geek like everybody. Like we all watch sports. And we all watch the games. We all talk about it with our buddies. We all argue about it. So, you know, yeah. I'm doing something I basically would do for free or I would do anyway if I had uh, another job in another field. Uh, yes, that's, that's awesome. That's- Yes, that, that's that's tremendous to hear about. So, and one more thing, I want I want to ask you what you love the the what you love the most about radio because I see you had a couple opportunities you could have done some broadcast work too. But why did you choose radio over broadcasting? You know, radio is just fun. You can just be yourself. You know, you can throw some stats out there, but you can also talk to the people. 
the diehard sports fans who are listening in the trucks, who are listening at the restaurants, who are listening at the park, who are in traffic and stuck in a commute, and they're listening and calling in. It's for the sports fan because sports brings all type of people together. You know, when we have these listener parties, uh, we have these listener parties and just see a who's who. There's a guy from Silicon Valley. There's a guy who works for the garbage department. There's a guy who works for recycling. There's a guy who's just who's just on the block smoking weed, but he loves us. You know what I'm saying? Yep. It's a who's who. It's a who's who, man. And sports radio fans, there's nothing like them. There's nothing like them. You know they're diehards when they're coming out. You know they're diehards when they're hanging on to every word. Like you need to listen to their name, hey, man, when you said this, man, I don't remember what I said five minutes ago. How are you guys going to remember what I said two months ago? You know what I'm saying? So it's it's the it's the people that bring that that come together in a sports talk radio show um, that I I think I just truly love, man. You, you just you got to extension to the people, you got to extension to the fan who are going crazy, the gamblers who are going crazy for losing a bet. It's all that stuff that comes with sports radio. So broadcasting fun, but you know you could be less formal on the radio. You can you can get away with a few more things and have a little fun and crack jokes. So. Uh, it's not as serious, you know. Some people take it too seriously. I don't. I just like to have fun, man. I like to honestly have fun because at the end of the day, we're doing things that a lot of people want to do, and people don't keep that perspective. You know, I, I see a lot of eagles in, in in this game where it's tough for them to keep that in perspective. So, um, you know, that that's that's basically in a nutshell what I love about it. That's amazing to hear, man. I really appreciate that, man. I, I me personally, on the side, note, I want to say I thank you. I think you definitely chose the right career in radio because I love your energy that you. <laughs> I, I, I really appreciate, I appreciate thank you, that. Thank you, thank you, Bonte. I appreciate hey, Bonte. that, man. Hey, Bonte. Uh, this, this, this is Jerry. What's um, up, Jerry? <laughs> hey, man. Uh, so you know when you when I when, you know I, I I'm a, I'm big on research and I like to do my homework, especially when we have a guest on. Sometimes some guests is like, "Wow, how do you know that?" Right? But it's just me right. doing my homework, right? Right. But I mean, you you you've done a lot. You've done a lot of you've done a lot, right? So, I mean, you you've done you've done some writing. You've done you know you're you were an updater, a network coordinator, a board operator, you know. So you've done you've done a lot. And then you mentioned earlier too about how you've you know you've worked your way up. Right. Uh, you, you know the the one thing that a lot of people don't always look at is the journey, right? Right. And they always get they always get frustrated with that journey. Right. What what would you say that you have enjoyed the most in your journey? Man, boy, that's a great question. That's a really great question, man. I, I think it's the people that I've met along the way. The people that you meet along the way who give you little tips, who kind of hate on you in a way. They try to tell you, well. You know what? It's really not going to happen for me. I, my guy John Wilson works at NBC Sports Bay Area. We joke about it to this day. We went a classic argument uh, at KBR, and I was like, I was like, man, like he was like, you're, you're going to have to go to Fresno, and you know, you're going to have to go to Mexico. You really think you're going to make it in this market? I was like, screw you, dog. If I think I could be the best, why would I leave this market? I'm going to fight and claw to try to get put on in this market. So we always talk about that. And, and what I tell people is like, just believe. You got to believe. First of all, it starts with believing. That's part of the journey. The greatest part about the journey is believing that you're going to be somewhere five years from now, 10 years from now. And so when I was working those graveyard shifts at KBR running Giants replays, I was looking at the studio like, I'm going to be on that side one day. I don't know how. Maybe it is a long shot, but I tricked myself into believing that. 
you know, and, and really the chances, the odds were, were pretty low when you really think about it. So um, I think the best part of the journey is just believing and meeting the people along with a way and knowing that, okay, this is the guy I need to be the whole time. You know, if I get put on and say if I'm working, hosting a board of dry show to where I was eight years ago, hosting a college show or cover high school sports, I never want to change. And that's because of the people I've met along the way who just kind of just keep encouraging you and like, you know, like, hey, man, you're doing it, man, you're doing it. And look at the passion that you have. So it's just a journey of just meeting the people. Like I still remember the people I met at SI, St. Ignatius, people I met at Reardon, the people I met at Birmingham High, the volleyball games and the people I still see like, hey, man, I remember when you cover high school sports. So I think it's the people that make everything great that makes the journey special. And just the grind, man. If you don't like the grind, you know, the 16-hour days, you get four hours of sleep. It's something about the grind that just – that gets me going. You know what I'm saying? The grind is it, – it's nothing like the grind, man, when you're grinding. I look back now, it's like, damn, <laughs> that was a grind. And it's still a grind. It's a different type of grind now for me. But the grind back then of, like, going to school and working in multiple jobs, you know, covering high school sports, working the door at the bubble lounge at the same time, and, and it was just – it was insane. It was insane, but – you know, the, the best part of the journey, man, is just the people and the belief and the patience that you got to have to get to where you got to go, man. Because, you know, when I look back at it, I missed the journey. You know, Jerry, it, it's a great question. I missed the journey, man. It, 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 sometimes I sit there and I think about it. It's like, man, remember that? I thought I was the, you know, PA. The, I was the public address announcer at the SF Pro. I thought I was, you know, Tim Roy or something. You know what I'm saying? I <laughs> know, you know what I'm saying? It, it, but it was something about it during that moment where it was like, this is the biggest thing for me. So, you know, I kind of missed that aspect of the journey, but I'm still on the journey, man. It's just a different type of journey uh, that who knows where the hell it's going to go. But, you know, it's a different type of grind. It's a little bit easier, no doubt about it. But uh, I definitely missed the journey. And I think the best part about the journey, man, again, was the people. Yeah, that's truly inspirational just to hear that. I got one more. I got one more to add to that. So, you know, you know, like for a, like, Get, like we can use us as an example you know you know we we got this podcast up you know we, we got it up and running you know but when when you hear somebody like you right it's not that we're trying to be like you but when man when you talk i mean it just comes out so smooth huh. it, i mean just the way just the way you talk and, and and it looks like you're having a ton of fun your energy's always up so high like so anybody anybody it, whether it be podcast or let's just say sports talk radio Right. I mean, is is there is there is there some techniques that maybe you would recommend to somebody that's aspiring to be in sports talk radio or maybe a podcast? You know, a technique that would yeah. maybe help them cultivate to be, you know, mm -hmm. confident or or better. Right. You know. Well, I, I think you hit on the word right there, confident. First of all, you got to have confidence, and you got to have a short memory because you're going to make mistakes. Hell, I make mistakes every single day. Every single day on the air, I make a mistake or I stumble over a word. I'm just like, dude, slow down. I'm in my head like, dude, slow down. Relax. It's going to happen. But you can't be afraid of that. You got to laugh that off and be like, look, I'm not perfect. I'm trying to be, but it's, I'm trying to be perfect and in a perfect world. It's going to happen. You're going to have mistakes. So I would say the cadence is the most important. Take your time. You don't need to be in a rush. And I got to tell myself that every single day. You're not going anywhere. We got four hours. You know, you guys got this podcast. You got an hour. Get it out. You're going to get your time to get it out. Take your time. Be nice. Be nice and smooth, man. Um, <clears throat> that's one thing. Your cadence. Uh, confidence, like I mentioned. You got to have confidence. Can't pop on the microphone and not be unsure. Even if you got the wrong stat. Say it with confidence. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> when you debate somebody and you know on your wrong side, 
Say it with confidence. Confidence yeah. is a huge piece in this game, man. I see people that get on that mic, man, and they get stage fright. They get stage fright. But you're talking to them in the hallway. They're, oh, man, they're smooth. They're this and that. And you turn on that red light, and they're, they, they, it's all ghosts. So confidence <laughs> is big. Uh, the cadence of being patient. Don't rush through things. And just have fun. Talk like you're smiling. Act like you're in the living room with your best friend. You know what I'm saying? That's the that's the. I try to just dummy it down. I try to dummy it down to like I'm just talking to my boys, and it's not even going to be like a show. We're just chilling at the bar, and we're inviting our friends to the bar. That's basically what we're doing. We're inviting everybody to the party. We want you to be part of it. And so when we do interviews, we try not to, you know, yeah, the Q and A's and stuff like. We try to make them feel like this dope conversations that we're just chilling. And you know, we had an interview with Kenny Smith, and somebody texted me saying, "Man, Kenny seems really comfortable with you guys." And that's what I try to do. Uh, that's what I try to help with the show. Just try to make everybody feel comfortable to where it's not just going to the dentist's office for some basic radio. How many radio interviews do you guys hear where it's just like, what did I get out of that? It was painful. Like, did you guys yeah. just have a mom just because of his name? Make it memorable. <laughs> make it memorable. Have some fun. So, I, I again, confidence, cadence. You don't need to rush it all. I, I still, and believe me. Almost four years in 95-7 game, I still got to tell myself, hey, slow down a little bit because I get a bit too amped up. I get a bit too excited. I got to tell myself to calm down. But your cadence, your confidence, be impatient and just, you know, be confident in what you say, man, and have that energy. Like, you got to have energy and passion. I don't get people who step on these airways and step in front of these microphones and they don't have the energy and passion. What are you doing? You're cheating the listeners, you're cheating the fans, and you're cheating the guys who are podcasting trying to come up and take your job. Like, you're cheating them. Bring the passion. Because I feel like the energy that I bring in, trust me, there's days I wake up and I say, damn, I don't feel like doing the show today, man. I don't want to sleep in. Or, man, I don't really feel like talking about this today. I get on that, that light turns on, 10 o'clock comes. You will never know that. Because I owe it to you guys and I owe it to the listeners and I owe it to everybody out there signing my checks to bring that energy and passion. That's the least I can do. Uh, for people listening to the show. So that, that's that, that's it right there, man. It ain't that hard. A lot of people try to make it trigonometry. You know, it's it's not that. It's sports radio. It can be simple. Come with a rundown. Come with a game plan. Be patient. Have a smooth cadence. And just be confident, man. You guys will be okay. Man, appreciate you so much, Bonte. Appreciate it all. No doubt. Hey, hey, Bonte, just uh, before I let you go, I just want to give you a little bit of insight as far as like how we came about this podcast. So I'm actually in Central California, so right in between Fresno and Bakersfield. And, uh, okay. and, Jer- and Jerry's actually in Texas. And uh, okay. Kendall's, a- Kendall's in North Carolina. So we- we've actually never met. We've never met before in person. Oh, so wow. We-, we, do, uh, we do Zoom calls and whatnot, but we talk every day, right? The communication's there, so... Uh, we started back in February and just going back and listening to that first show, like, man, it was so horrible <laughs> just because we were still trying to figure things out. But now, right. you know, we're in July and, you know, this is going to be show 35. And I feel like we have a really great tempo now. Um, we're passionate about the sport. Right. Um, so I, I like what you said there. Right. I mean, don't cheat the listeners. And I feel like that's one thing we do not do. Uh, we We do bring it, you know, every time and the knowledge is there. So. Yeah, I mean, right now we're still quarantined, right? I mean, there's really there's yeah. a lot of things that are still unopened. So I feel like if you're not doing anything right now to, to be successful when things go back to normal, then at that point you're kind of cheating yourself as well. No doubt, no doubt. Everybody should take the chance during this quarantine to get better. Stack some chicken, 
Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, 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 and really, that's that's big. You know, you're think about that. You're at number 35, episode number 35. You probably thought after that first episode, damn, this ain't gonna last another five episodes. This is gonna be really <laughs> tough. We're in three different yeah. states. You know what I'm saying? One guy's on the East Coast, one guy's in Texas, I'm on the West Coast. <laughs> like, think about the time difference there. You guys are at number 35. You're number yeah. 35. Then you're gonna knock on another 35 and be like, damn, <laughs> we're at 70. And then guess what? They're gonna be celebrating your 100th anniversary or 100th episode. Uh, on this podcast so you just got to the, the main part is and I tell people this especially when you start when you're trying to get uh, to a level that you want to get to whether it's at a major radio station or a local or whatever you got to start somewhere and you guys have started somewhere and now look at you and you just got to mm-hmm. keep doing it and stay consistent the one thing with podcasting that I try to do is I try to come out with something fresh every single week I don't want people to, to, to forget about my name when I was podcasting. And I think that's the major thing that you guys are doing right now is staying consistent. That's the biggest thing right now for you guys is to stay consistent because people are going to yeah. be looking for podcasts. We're like, okay, what, what about this podcast with Fidel Kenny and uh, Jerry? Oh man. Eric. Mm-hmm. Oh man. They, they've been doing this for a minute, man. What you know about that? That's where right. you guys are headed. So you just got to keep on doing it, man. Just keep on doing it. All right, Bonte. We, we appreciate your time. Um, I really, we really do. You gave us some great insight. Um, you know, it's it was unique to hear your perspective as far as the journey, uh, you know, what you did and what you're doing now. So I, I'm a huge listener. I enjoy you guys' show. Um, so, again, thank you so much for coming on. And we'll talk to you hey, soon. I appreciate, hey, appreciate you guys, man. Keep doing what you do. Great conversation. Great questions, yep, man. Sir. Appreciate uh, it. Man. Fidel, Jerry, Kenny, man, you guys are great, man. Keep doing what you do. Appreciate it, man. All right. Bonte Hill, thank you so much. Anytime, fellas. Thank you. Our next guest is an NFL agent and president of Pick Six Sports Management, Kari Wright. How you doing, Mr. Wright? I'm doing well. How about you all? Doing great, doing great. I'm good. Uh, I appreciate your time and you joining us today on the show. Yes, sir. Thank you for inviting me. If you were, if you could introduce yourself to the audience and just tell them some of your background and what you're doing right now. Absolutely. So um, first and foremost, definitely just wanted to say thank you for inviting me on the show. Um, again, my name is Kyrie Wright. I am the president of Pick 6 Sports Management, uh, which is a full service sports management firm. I am certified as an NFL PA contract advisor, and that's a fancy way of saying sports agent. Um, but I am certified to negotiate the contracts of NFL players. And in addition to that, from a sports management standpoint, contract advisement, marketing and endorsements, media relations, crisis management, nonprofit development, life and wellness coaching, pre-draft preparation, you name it, we take care of it. That's perfect. Hey, so I want to ask you something. So since you deal with contracts and whatnot, so we all know that Patrick Mahomes has got a 10-year deal, right? And when the average fan sees the numbers, like, yeah, we know 10 years is a long time, but that's a lot of money as well. So if, if you can just help us educate the audience exactly how, how this contract is going to work for Patrick Mahomes, but, uh, but also for the Kansas City Chiefs. Without question, so 
Patrick Mahomes is a is a groundbreaking deal. Now, let me preface everything by saying that when you're talking about a quarterback, you have to separate them from the rest of the pack because when, whenever you have a franchise quarterback, no matter how long the deal is, chances are they're not going anywhere. And so when you look at Patrick Mahomes' extension, because let's not forget, it's a 10-year extension added on to the last two years of his existing contract. So in totality, we're talking about a 12-year contract that could be worth up to a little more than $500 million, depending on, you know, what, what marks he hits. Okay. So one of the things I will say is that his, the way his contract is structured. So let's, let's roll it back with any contract. You have what's called your paragraph five salary. And that's essentially your base salary per year. So in addition to that, you have your signing bonuses, your roster bonuses, your workout bonuses. All of that in totality represents the amount of cash that he would receive per year. Now, even though people look at his contract and think that it doesn't really have as many guarantees, the way it's structured, he has a lot of guarantees, especially starting after the, the next couple of years of his deal where he has roster bonuses that kick in a year to two years early. So just to give you an example, let's say if he's on the roster, which we expect him to be March of 2021, then that means that the roster bonus for 2023 would already have kicked in. And that's where he's going to actually see the majority of his guaranteed money. If he were to get released, which, which we know, that's not going to happen, and they allow him to be a free agent, somebody else is going to pay him that money anyway. So without him technically having a lot of the guarantees on paper, he really has the guarantees within this contract. Oh, that's, man, that, that, that's great, Kari. How you doing? It's Kendall. Kendall, pleasure. Yes. Um, one thing I want to ask you is, let's just say, you know, I'm a star wide receiver in the league. And, uh, you know, I've already exceeded my – I came in the league a few years ago. I've already exceeded my rookie contract. So now I'm entering my second – I want my second term of my contract. And let's just say I'm entering the final year of my contract. And I, and, and I feel like – I feel like I've, I've like I've, out, I've outdone a lot of wide receivers that, that's in my category. And I feel like I need a new contract. I need, you know, a raise of money and whatnot. So I come to, I come to you as my agent. And and I and I want you to get a deal done or whatnot. Get get me um get me paid. How how do you feel? What, what's the next steps in that process? Well, so normally that's predicated upon the round that you were chosen, which will allow a certain amount of leverage. So just to give you an example, when you're talking about first round picks, mm-hmm. they they automatically have that fifth year option. And plus, let's not forget the franchise tag that they could be given their sixth year in the league. And so if you have somebody who is a baller, teams are going to want to um, not only pick up that fifth-year option because most people don't realize that the fifth-year option has to be picked up before their fourth year plan. And so after year number three, the players who are up to that level, um, and again, we're talking about first-round picks, they will have their fifth-year option picked up. At that particular point, there's a lot of leverage on the player and the agent side, simply because 
you start doing the math. You look at the fifth year option, um, plus you take the amount of the franchise tag, and that, and so from a salary standpoint, it's really to the team's best interest to go ahead and do a renegotiation before the contract is up. Um, simply because, and, and most people don't realize, the signing bonus money can be prorated over five years of the contract. And so just to give an example, if if a player is given, let's say, a five-year, $80 million contract, um, we'll just say $50 million guaranteed, but out of that 50 guaranteed, $20 million of it is straight signing bonus, as in as soon as you sign a contract, $20 million in your hands. Well, that $20 million, that $20 million that's in his hands, you know, within a couple weeks or so, from a cap standpoint, is actually spread out over the five years of the deal. And so that's why you see a lot of players who have lower cap numbers the first year of their renegotiation or the first year of even a brand new contract because of how that signing bonus is spread out. And then once you get to about year three, year four, that's when you see more of your balloon numbers. Now, having said that, when you start talking about guys who were drafted outside of the first round and they've just finished year three, they literally only have one more year on the deal, no fifth-year option. It's imperative, you know, that you try to get it done because, again, leverage is in, in your hands, particularly for a player who is at the top of his game, one of the best at his position. Because otherwise you end up with a situation like Dallas is dealing with now, for example, with Dak Prescott. Right. Because they waited so long to extend them at this particular point, they've literally lost their leverage because the price tag on quarterbacks is going up. He doesn't have an existing deal to take old money plus some new money and spread out signing bonus, you know, over five years of the deal. And so because of that, and again, a lot of it is just predicated upon position. Quarterbacks are going to get paid regardless. When you talk about other positions, though, usually teams, when it's a year left, most teams are very amicable to, at the very least, sit down and talk about a renegotiation that'll work for both parties. Okay, that's 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 great. That's great, Corey. And another question I want to ask you is, let you know, let's just say, you know, I mean, can it can it be stressful as an NFL agent if you're representing a star player? Like an Antonio Brown or DeAndre Hopkins or Patrick Mahomes, could it can it could it be stressful on an agent to get a deal done? Well, some of it depends on the type of player that you're dealing with and how much they actually believe in you. Uh, as you know, you have plenty of people that are playing Monday morning quarterback, um, or in this case, I guess you say Monday morning agent, mm-hmm. who are in their ear. You have parents and grandparents and uncles and cousins and wives, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so, you know, at that particular point, it's a matter of how much that player believes that you'll get the job done. You know, my my rule of thumb is always you handle business on the field, I'll take care of everything else. And if you have a guy who sticks to that script and trusts you enough, it's really not stressful at all. Um, When you have a player who is listening to too much of 
you know, what I would say, the outside noise. You know, ultimately, it's all about the relationship that you have with that player, his belief in you, and just knowing that in due time, deals will get done. Um, it really just a matter of, of both parties being patient and also just understanding that if you're that type of guy, you're going to get paid one way or the other. So whether it comes as early as you want it to, you know, which I'll say you may have guys that want it done right after the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But I always say, listen, if it's done right now versus August, how much of a difference is it really going to make? It's a matter of being patient. Let me do my job. You take care of the field. I'll handle the rest. I appreciate that, Corey. That was some great insight. I, I appreciate it. Hey, hey, Corey, this is Jerry. Um, So kind of just to co- go back kind of on top of that first question Kendall asked you. So, sure. you know, he had, he, 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 he asked you, okay, you know, I'm tor- he, he's, you know, a player, one of your players is towards the end of their rookie contract, you know, so let's look at it at the, at the other, I know you said it's, it's round base, right? So whatever draft, whatever round they got drafted. So let's just say you got somebody in the second and second and, and beyond, right? In the later rounds. So, if you feel that they're performing at a high level, how early can you push for a contract extension? And would you suggest it to your? Yeah, without question. So the, the, the rule for the most part, the unwritten rule is always with one year left. You know, some teams won't negotiate period until there's one year left on the contract anyway. And so, you know, because of that, you tend to recognize there there's an automatic, you know, per se negotiation window once you get past year three. Between year three and year four, it's time to renegotiate. Now, a player in that case wouldn't have to come to me, especially if we're talking about somebody who has outplayed the contract. It's, it's not as difficult versus attempting to approach a team you know, when you don't have that type of leverage for them to, to re-up on the contract. Um, every once in a while, you may have a player who is comfortable in the city and, you know, he, he recognizes what his place is on the team. May not necessarily be looking for a contract that is, um, you know, just the, the groundbreaking contract, um, you know, trying to set the market, his position, but just just wants a deal that's fair, but also that can work well for the team. And in those type cases, there there also, you know, may be time in which you will approach a team about locking in a player. You know, it may not be for as much money, but it'll be for good enough money and, and he'll have a security and be happy where he is, right? Because ultimately, every player has, you know, different goals in mind. And so, as we all know, at the end of the day, it is a business and you want to be able to optimize your earning potential. But also you have players who may be willing to give up a little here, a little there for some long term security in the city that they like. And and perhaps maybe they have kids in school. Um, they have a wife who just enjoys the city. And so they would rather get a deal locked in versus a long drawn out back and forth negotiation. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I mean, well, the, the the reason why I ask is 
like you had mentioned about the, the Dak situation and you know had they done that that re, you know given him an extension earlier he could have been already you know at the back end of of the initial contract and then he could have already been set for the next let's just say three years right and he would have been able to get in that situation where he wants that four years and then he can renegotiate a new contract. So that's why it was just a curiosity thing. Um, I have one more question. So if a player comes to you and says, Hey, you know, Mr. Wright, um, I'm not, you know, my family, I'm not feeling it here at this team no more. I don't really feel I'm being used. Um, so, in other words, they come to you, they say they want to trade. Do they go to the team and tell them they want to trade, or do they go to you first and then you handle the rest? So, really, that's all about relationship. You know, in that case, you would definitely want a player to discuss it with you first before they just get on social media, get on Twitter, and announce to the world that they want to trade. You know, it's in a, in a perfect <clears throat> situation, that's something that I would rather step out in front and announce myself that my player, you know, wants to trade, make me look like the bad guy versus you as a player. Yeah. Uh, because you yeah. don't because you don't really know whether or not a trade will be executed. And so you may have to remain in that locker room, you know, still have the trust of your coaching staff as well as um being the good graces of ownership and the rest of the front office. And so in that in that type of situation, I would rather be the front man. Let me get in front and and ask for the trade, and you sit back, um, play the back seat on this, and, and don't say a word about it. Makes perfect sense, right? I mean, let the let the uh, agent seem like the bad guy. I mean, there is a there, sometimes when when we see the reports out there, it, it it almost seems like the agent is always. I mean, one of the most infamous agents right now is uh, what's his name, France, right? Which is uh, Dak Prescott's uh, agent. Um, and it, it's kind of interesting cause we had a, we had a, we, we had a, a segment, we have a segment and, um, is it okay if I, if, if I give a spoiler? Sure. <laughs> so we, we by all means. <laughs> so our segment is what ifs, the what ifs, right? Because this is a unprecedented, uh, time, right. That we're, we're, we're seeing. So with this whole COVID thing, NFL is going to go through with this. So they just say players have to feel comfortable playing with the, with the player, but, there's reports out there that saying that if a player does test positive for the COVID-19, they're going to have to take two weeks off. Right. So that's where you're going to need to, to really have, you know, your, your, your bench solidified. So let's just say somebody like in this case, like Dak Prescott, I'm just, I mean, I think this is an interesting story. What happens if he does get sick? I mean, people, I mean, you can, you can show yourself from the world, but you come, you come, you come close to a player that, that tackles you, you catch it, and let's say Andy Dalton comes and 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 he and he plays lights out for those two weeks. I mean, do you think that 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 would gain leverage on the Cowboys back as far as hey, you know what? It's because of the surrounding cast that you have. That's why you've had success in the league. Well, you know what's interesting about that Prescott's case, and you is at this point is very comparable to. Kirk Cousins situation up in DC. And, you know, remember we're talking about quarterbacks. If he well, not even if, because he's gonna sign his franchise tag. Okay, so we're we're looking at over $31 million for this year 
that is guaranteed, bar none. Whether he plays, whether he doesn't play, whether he sits on the bench, you know, there there aren't any, you know, what we call per game roster bonuses involved. This isn't an up to $31 million type situation, just like Cam Newton's is up to 7.5. Dak is going to see over $31 million regardless of what happens. Now, if Andy Dalton comes in and has a great season, so let's so let's roll with the the what if scenario. When we get to March of next year and free agency begins, if Dallas were to decide, you know what, we're going to move forward with Andy Dalton, that Prescott is still going to get thirty plus million dollars a year from another team, regardless of what Dallas decides to do. And so, you know, again, it's, it's similar to the Kirk Cousins situation. Because he had so much leverage with Washington, you know, having put him under the franchise tag, and then they tagged him that second year. And so at that particular point, once you tag a quarterback the second year, the price tag has gone up. Um, if Dallas tags Dak again, he will be making over $37 million next year, probably around $38 million next year. You know, so from a leverage standpoint – he has enough leverage to make sure that the bag is secured at this point. Makes perfect sense. Thank you so much, Mr. Wright. Absolutely. Mr. Wright, I just want to say thank you again for joining us on the show. Uh, Just real quick, where can our listeners uh, find you on social media? Social media. So on Instagram, you can find me at Agent Wright ATL. I also have a LinkedIn page under my first and last name, Kyrie Wright. Um, Facebook, I have a Facebook page. You know, if you want to hit me on there as well, Instagram is fine, though. I, I finally, you know, for it's interesting because for a minute, I, I was never really that strong of a social media person. I've just always been mm-hmm. so laid back. And so I finally got out the dark ages and decided to <laughs> drum it up a little bit for myself, like I do for everybody else, including my clients. So, right. All right. Well, again, thank you so much for joining us, and Appreciate we hope it, to have you back on soon. Yes, indeed. Thank you for having me. And again, um, oh, by the way, the website is p6sportsmanagement.com. That's P-I-C-K, the number six, as in six, I-X, sportsmanagement. Dot com. You can also hit me on there, um, get on the newsletter list, and we'll send you things periodically. Yes, sir. All right. Well, thank you so much again, Mr. Wright. Appreciate it. Thank you. This NFL season will be like no other season before. With everything going on with COVID-19, uh, some players might get sick and they might have to be away for the team for a little bit, and that includes starters. So let's talk about some quarterback situations around the league that maybe if the starting quarterback gets ill and has to self-quarantine for two to three weeks, let's talk about some of these backups that can go in there and steal their starting jobs. Kendall, let's start it off with you. The, the situation that I'm going to look at is, if, let's go up to New England. Let's just say hypothetically, as we expect, you know, Cam Newton is going to win that, going to win that quarterback battle. Jared Stidham is behind him. So let's just say, you no know, week into, a week into the season, Cam Newton, you know, gets diagnosed with COVID or he, he gets sick or whatnot. Jared Stidham would then have to step in 
And I think if he stepped in, I don't think that offense or, or that team would, would miss a beat. Because for one, what my first reason is, he, he was going to be the starter had they not brought in Cam um, last week or whatnot. Jared Stidham was going to be the guy to oversee Tom, the takeover for Tom Brady. Two, this would be, you know, be the second year second year in the system, second full offseason with the system. And, and uh, rumors and sources out of New England is that Jared Stidham, he's came a long way. He's, do, he did, he's doing great in the offseason work that they're doing virtually. And he's asking the right question. He, he's, talk, he's, he's, he's talking about the right things. He's been working out with some of the Patriots wide receivers too. So I think, like I said, back to that, back to that situation, we might be talking about Jared Stidham starting this season this year, even if nothing happens. But unless, if something happens, I think the New England Patriots would be in a great, um, great situation because Jared Stidham, he already knows the system. I think he's ready to take the offense to the next level. Well, I'm going to go because this is a big what if. Yes. This is a what if scenario. I mean, man, it's hard, right? Because you got the Eagles with Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts. But I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys. You know, you got Dak Prescott and Andy Dalton. Now, first and foremost, let me just get this out of the way. So I, I when you look at Dak, he he does have some leadership skills, right? I don't see him. Uh, I don't see him putting himself in a situation where he could catch COVID. But you know, you're gonna be playing in a league where players may have it, right? And that's the one thing that the NFL has told players is that they need to feel comfortable playing in that situation. So when you look at the big picture, you know, let's say Dak has to be quarantined. Andy Dalton steps in. And Andy Dalton, let's just say Andy Dalton, he's been in the league for a couple of years. I mean, he knows how to read playbooks. He knows how to, he knows how to do some things, right? Uh, if he let, if he plays, if he plays really good, are you gonna are you gonna give the the starting job back to Dak? That that's a, that's. that's I, mean, the I mean, can you? I mean, let's just say you know this again. This is this is these are big what ifs. So, what if Dalton throws eight touchdowns, no interceptions? The team wins two games in a row. The offense is just clicking on all cylinders, passing game and run game. Are you really going to bench him and bring back Dak? Uh, you know, Dak. I mean, I, what are you going to do at that? Point? Okay. So this is what I'm looking at. So I I feel that it's kind of similar to what the Tony Romo situation was, right? When Tony Romo injured his back and they said he wouldn't be back for X amount yep. of time, and they were doing so well that that Tony Romo decided just to let the, the team ride. I think that any NFL that's in this predicament, I think that they're going to ride the, the hot hand. Uh, we've seen in the past, especially last season, Andy Dalton has a tendency to to get, you know, a little streaky in his play. I, I don't know that there's something just about playing for the Dallas Cowboys that it just, it's sometimes a little bit too big for a quarterback. I think that's why the Cowboys, you know, they, they, struggled for many years, right, trying to find a quarterback until they found somebody like Tony Romo. Now, when you look at the when you look at the two players, right, you look at Dak and you look at Andy Dalton, uh, there's a great book out there, and I recommend it to anybody who enjoys reading it. It's a, it's a book that Bruce Feldman wrote. It's called The QB, right? Uh, so in there, it, it's right away, it's like in the second chapter, he refers to quarterbacks as magic men mm-hmm. right looking for the magic ma- looking for the magic men so it, it was really it was really interesting because he says that this is kind of like what NFL teams are looking for sometimes in a quarterback is that 
they gotta have that that flair, right? That magic to them. And and one player he kept on bringing on, one one player he kept on talking about was Brett Favre, right? That he had something. Brett Favre just had this magic to his play. And uh, when you look at when you look at the big scheme of things, Tony Romo had that same kind of magic as as Favre. In fact, you know he was a gunslinger like Brett Favre. So you, so when you play for the Dallas Cowboys, you gotta have that kind of magic, that magic man mentality, and. When you look at the two, I, I've never really seen that in Andy Dalton, even though he would sling it around. Uh, when you look at Dak, you know what you're getting in Dak, right? So with Dak, you're going to get leadership, and you're going to get you're going to get somebody that's that's very methodical in his approach. He's not going to he's not going to force the ball, uh, and he won't you know he's not going to force the ball a lot of times. So when you look at the at the two things, I think in this case, you would write the hot hand. And if if something goes down, you know you can turn to Dak Prescott. But man, this is a crazy situation because of his whole contract situation. If Andy Dalton, if Andy Dalton can carry carry a Cowboys team to some couple of wins, I mean, it's gonna make them think, "Hey, is it you, Dak, or is it the is it the team that you have supporting you?" Yeah, no, that's a really great one. I I have two. So first. First one's going to be the Cleveland Browns situation. So Baker Mayfield is the starting quarterback for them. But we all kind of know he's kind of on the hot seat. And who's right behind him? It's Case Keenum. Now, people forget a couple years back, Case Keenum had a really good year with the Minnesota Vikings. So this is somebody that is capable of coming in and, you know, taking over. And he's a veteran now. So I feel like that would be a really good one to keep an eye on. Um, Same thing, you know, if if they're winning games. Uh, he's playing well. I don't see a way you can bench him. Now, the other one that's really interesting is the, the Las Vegas Raiders quarterback situation. You guys know I'm a huge Derek Carr supporter. I'm a huge uh, Las Vegas Raider fan. Uh, but let's just say if he gets COVID-19. I hope he doesn't, right? But these are just what-ifs. Um, yeah, Marcus Mariota, you know, you know, right behind him. Um, if he, you know, comes in and plays well, I mean, is John Gruden really going to bench him, you know, for, for Derek Carr? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't think he will. I mean, if the team's winning, he's playing well, I think he's going to end up being the starter for the rest of the season. But of course, these are all really what ifs, right? No, but if you look at that big picture, I think if anything, from all these quarterbacks we, we, we named who from all of them has that experience of sitting back and, and, you know, seeing a quarterback take his, his spot. And that's Marcus Mariota with Brian Tannehill last year. So, I'm pretty sure that along the way he was able to learn uh, what Ryan Tannehill did to prepare. And, I mean, it was it was great that he was his number one supporter. But, I mean, I, I, I have not – I mean, I understand you would expect more from a second round – a second overall pick in the first mm-hmm. round uh, quarterback, right? But I do think that Marcus Mariota does have the tools to be successful still in the NFL under the right coaching staff and the right, you know, uh, quarterbacks coaches. Yeah, I feel like the backup quarterback position is the most crucial that I remember it being, of course, you know, in the last, I don't know, 20 years. Just, of course, with everything going on, it's going to be really big for teams to have that great backup quarterback, uh, just in case their starter gets COVID. And, of course, we don't want – No, no, no. (laughs) No. There's a lot of things that we can talk about, but I feel like this is something that hasn't been talked about enough. Right. What if the no, yes. what if a no. starting player, a star quarterback, you know, they get COVID nineteen? Who's it? They're gonna actually well, they're gonna have to put somebody into play, right? So 
These are just, you know, scenarios that we think we hope that don't happen, but what if, right? So, well, the what if, yeah, for sure. All right, guys, any final thoughts before we get off the air? Yeah, just want to special shout out to Corey Wright and, you know, Bonte Hill coming on the show, man. I learned a lot. I mean, Corey, he, he's the second agent we've had on the in the past three weeks, and both of them said the same thing about getting into the business and, like, representing clients. So it, was, it was great to hear from him. Great, great to hear from the both of them. And then Bonte Hill, great, man. He's full of energy. He tells you like it is. I mean, I learned so much from him, man. It, it, was, it was great. I enjoyed both of the guests. Overall, it, w- it was just a great show. I mean, talking ball, a great guest. Uh, the what if. Remember, guys, that was just the what if scenario. With, and we hope none of that happens, right? But it was just what if. So we're just having fun with that. Uh, but overall, just a great show. All right, guys. Well, that's going to go and wrap it up for the East West Football Podcast again. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Hey guys, it's Miriam Love here, and I want to share something very special with you. Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish remixes, out now on Electric House Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love. Available now wherever you listen to music. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Electric acid. Electric acid.